Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the last episode of April. What a month. I know the spring hasn't been super springy everywhere, but I do just have to give April some props for being a really beautiful month for me, at least here where we live, it's been really gorgeous and mild and I know it won't last to the end of May, you know, here in my neck of the woods, we frequently see triple digit weather in May, but my hopes are high that we can just cruise in the mid to upper eighties and save the triple digits for June. Just some really exciting weather related conversation on the podcast today, but that's not the topic of the day, is it? No, we're here to talk about Beltane which takes place this weekend amidst a solar eclipse and a new moon. Um, And also Pluto is going retrograde beginning tomorrow and lasting for the next five, almost six months. So there's a lot of exciting energy to look forward to. We talked about the significance of new moons back in the moon magic episode. And among its many influences are new beginnings and divination, um, rebirth or renewal. And these are all excellent intentions for this weekend. But before we jump into that very quickly, I wanted to address a really cool message that I received. Well, a couple actually. The first one is an email that I got from a witch called Annette, who had this to say, Hello, Eli, I'm a witch, quickly approaching the time of the crone. However, I have never completed formal training. I know, not needed, or gone through an initiation into a coven. I know, not required. I am self-taught and continue to marvel at natural wonders and remain curious about all things related to the craft. This is as much true today at nearly 50 as it was when I was 8. I enjoy your podcast and your personality immensely. So here's the situation. Just recently, I've decided I personally needed to formally go through all the seasons of the calendar as a witch, not just picking and choosing certain days or doing spell work here and there. For personal reasons, May 1st, Beltane, has special importance to me. I was walking outside and internally thinking I would make this commitment on May 1st. The moment this thought came to me, a splash of water fell on top of my head and hit the corner of my left eye. For context, there was zero precipitation. It was not raining, not snowing, not hailing, not even a heavy fog. Clear blue sky. Off to my right... Two crows cawed off in the distance. I had just walked under a maple tree, which has importance to me as it signifies the sweetness of strength within, and I realized that maple trees can sap at this time of year, but I know it wasn't the tree sap falling on my face, giving my location of where I was under the tree. So the question is, have you ever heard of a nature's baptism? And yes, I know I'm using the word baptism in the Christianity sense of baptism, but it just seems to me like I was being accepted and affirmed to follow through with my thought of following a witch's calendar as a witch. <clears throat> have you experienced this or heard of this before? Light and love, Annette. Now, I loved this entire sequence of events, as she tells it, and I've never heard anyone call it a nature's baptism, but I do love the term that she used. So this is typically referred to as phantom water drops, but it's not nearly as cool of a term. But so many things happening precisely in sequence like that for her, just as she's contemplating embarking on this journey 
plus the overwhelming feeling of acceptance and affirmation. And I straight up told her this sort of thing is not coincidence. So phantom water drops or nature's baptism, as I will henceforth be calling it, are associated with spiritual connection and communication. This is a recognized spiritual phenomenon. And of course, maple trees are symbolic of transformation in addition to Annette's personal association with inner strength. And then, you know, crows, those are messengers. And two is the number of intuition and water is the element of consecration and rebirth. So it could not have been more clear for Annette that this was a confirmation of her commitment to this path. So I told Annette that and I said, you know, I'm also approaching my 50s and I'm really excited to see how much more authentically me that I'm going to become. The older I get, the more I've begun to appreciate all of the seasons of my life. And yes, the croning is a little intimidating to me. I have to admit that, but I also kind of can't wait. Beltane is a fantastic time of year to embark on this year of the witch for Annette, especially with all of the extra astrological activity going on right at the same time with the solar eclipse and the new moon. And so I asked her to stay in touch and just let me know how her year progresses. So I thought that one was really cool. Um, And I also received an update from another witch who had asked me about Egyptian deities, specifically Bastet. And this is a deity she had always felt drawn to. Um, And just for anyone not familiar, Bastet is an Egyptian goddess with the head of a cat and the body of a woman. She's the goddess of protection and good health. Now, this witch who wrote, she had also recently discovered that she had Coptic Egyptian heritage, which is so cool. And so she speculated that this was why maybe she had felt prompted to work with Bastet. So I offered my very limited assistance because, to be honest, I don't have a lot of knowledge of Egyptian deities or mythos. But a friend of mine does, so I asked his advice, and then I passed along a book recommendation and just some basic information, and asked her to let me know how it all went. Well, that was a couple months ago, and she just DM'd me this past week with just this amazing update. So she writes, I just wanted to let you know how things went when reaching out to Bastet. First of all, I ended up getting the book that your friend recommended on working with gods and goddesses in Egypt, which was a great resource. For a couple weeks, I would just meditate with Bastet, reaching out to her to get to know her, to see how she would like for me to honor her on my altar. Um, And I now have a small Bastet statue as well as crystals that she likes. And I often leave offerings of catnip and milk. Now my cat Leo had been ill since New Year's and I thought we were gonna lose him. He wasn't even two yet and he was throwing up constantly. The vet couldn't figure out what was wrong and we were about to take him to a GI specialist to help save his life, although I had no idea how I was going to afford it. But after some thought, I cleansed and anointed a white candle with oil as well as crushed up catnip, myrrh, and frankincense, which are other herbs that Bastet likes. I petitioned her to intervene on Leo's behalf to try to heal him from whatever was ailing him. I let that candle burned out, burn out and it almost looked like a cat with its tail way up in the air and I also left some more of the herbs on the altar in front of the statue. 
A few nights later, I had a dream that Bastet walked up and stood before Leo as he was sitting on my bed. She leaned down and gently kissed his forehead. It was the sweetest gesture to witness, even if it was a dream. Within days, Leo started to eat better. He stopped throwing up. He gained more energy. And I can say now, a month later, he is back to his old self. He gained all the weight he lost. He was looking almost emaciated. And he is now chasing his feline brother around the house on a regular basis. I was searching for something special for Bastet and found some dried lotus flowers, which I will leave on my altar tonight. And great thanks for healing my cat. As you can see, my experience has been very positive, and I'm so grateful for your podcast and your willingness to help your fellow witches. And she also sent me a picture of Leo, and he's so cute, just very sassy energy. And I actually, I I ordered my own copy of that book um, just because I'm interested to learn more, and I actually think I need to check the tracking info, but I think it'll get here tomorrow. Anyway, I just thought that was such a great update, and I was so happy to learn that not only has she initiated successful contact with Bastet and cultivated a real relationship but that Bastet was able to advocate for Leo. This is why the craft is so special. When witches lean into their own power and we are able to just sort of get out of our own way, we can perform the most amazing magic. And I just love to see it manifesting in real time. It's so gratifying. So I really appreciated those updates. Um, And I just wanted to, just wanted to read them. Okay. So that's all the stuff that I wanted to cover um, out front. And now let's talk about Beltane. So Beltane is the Gallic celebration of May Day, which is itself a fire festival celebrating the first day of summer. Although, yes, I know it isn't the actual recognized first day of summer. This is just how the ancients acknowledged it. So please don't blow up my DMs. Beltane is one of the four Celtic fire festivals. And during this celebration, um, bonfires would be lit. Uh, they, they would drive the cattle between the fires uh, to offer them protection. People would dance and leap over the fires for protection as well. Feasts would be prepared. Food and drink would be offered to the fae, um, basically to appease them, almost like, you know, um, a bribe <laughs> to discourage them from doing anything mischievous or harmful. Um, traditionally folks would visit their nearest holy well. Homes and cattle would be decorated with flowers, typically yellow and white flowers to mimic the flames of the ritual fire. Um, a may bush would be made by taking either a thorn bush or a branch and hanging it with colorful ribbons and flowers. <clears throat> and this is often conflated with the maypole, but the may bush is actually a different thing. And it was developed as a traditional Beltane activity independently from May Day. And we will talk about the Maypole in a minute. But the purpose of this festival mainly was to protect the cattle, um, the crops, and the people from harm, either natural or supernatural, which is why it was so important to the ancients to appease the Fae. You know, this is the time when the weather's warming up, cattle are being moved to the summer pastures to be fattened up. Um, folks are again working outdoors rather than indoors and that raises risks of injury Um, a lot of pregnancies that you know started up in the winter time are approaching their final stages so folks would want to ensure safe delivery for the babies and the mothers things are just they're moving again Beltane is both a celebration of life and warmth and industry but also an invocation of protection for all those things and 
you know, yeah, most of us aren't cattle farmers or, you know, homesteaders anymore, sadly, but we can still call to mind all of those things that our ancestors prized in a way that connects us to them and to our homelands and to those traditions. And those traditions, frankly, are found all over the place in all kinds of cultures. And those cultural touchstones resonate with all of us in some way. Those customs and social traditions are embedded deeply into our like our very DNA. So, you know, something traditional to do for the Sabbath would be to build either a bonfire or just a fire in a fire pit. And it might be a good idea to burn herbs such as sink foil for protection and also money manifestation. Um, another good choice would be meadowsweet for peace, maybe angelica for healing, um, rosemary for protection, purification, and mental strength. And if you don't have a fire pit, these herbs can be burned in a cauldron instead. They could also be crushed up um, and applied to a candle, especially a yellow candle if you've got one. Uh, Flowers that are symbolic of Beltane include daisies for love, honeysuckle for protection and money, lilac for protection, marigold for prophecy, primrose, which would also be for love, along with the daisies. And these are excellent additions to a Beltane altar um, or to decorate the home and also as offerings to the Fae. And if there's a particular deity at this time that you want to pay tribute to, maybe definitely, you know, do a little research. Find out what their favorite flower or herb or fruit correspondences may be and include those as well. Now, oat cakes were customarily prepared and shared at Beltane, but I gotta say, I've tried making them using some traditional recipes, and to put it gently, there is a lot of room for improvement. But, you know, the idea of that, taking that spirit and just baking any kind of cake to share at Beltane or to leave on your altar is going to be very well received. And the same goes for mead or wine and, of course, any fruits that may be in season where you are. Um, A lamb was traditionally sacrificed at Beltane and then shared among the community. Um, I will be making lamb chops this weekend. I'm going to season them with oregano, sage, and mint from my garden. Um, And what else? Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Maypoles. Let's get into that a little bit. Now, most of us don't really have access to a maypole anymore, let alone two dozen friends that we can coerce into doing like a proper maypole dance. But we can still make use of the imagery. Um, No one really knows what the origins of the maypole are, not anymore. Um, We don't know what the symbolism may have originally been. The Christians, you know, they really, they were successful in erasing the original meaning. But the assumption of scholars familiar with the people and the traditions of the time is that it was probably something to do with a pagan deity. It is certainly Germanic pagan in origin, um, and there are some scholars who assume a phallic significance to it, but the pagans weren't really shy about their symbolism, their symbolism, and I'm, I'm inclined to think that if it had been meant as a phallic symbol, firstly, it would look a lot more like a penis, to put it bluntly, and secondly, it would have been trotted out during fertility festivals, such as Ostara. And Beltane isn't a fertility festival, so again, I, I don't think it's meant to be anything phallic or even fertility adjacent, but you know, who cares? It's still fun. It's pretty. And it was significant enough that even though the meaning has been lost, the tradition remains. So 
you know, maybe rather than trying to erect an actual maypole, we can get a hold of a tree and tie it with ribbons and decorate it with flowers and at least represent the spirit of the maypole. All trees, to one extent or another, hold some kind of magical significance. Um, but, you know, certainly some trees in particular are actual Beltane correspondences. Um, one of them is ash. Ash trees are revered for their protection and their prosperity. Um, also, just as a side note, they're often used in sea rituals and sea magic. So if you are an ocean witch, maybe get yourself a wand made of ash. Apple trees are another good choice. Apple trees and apples themselves are quintessentially magical. The apple tree is powerful in matters of love and healing and youth magic in particular. Um, another good one is mesquite. This is a tree that is especially healing. And if you don't have a mesquite tree to decorate, using mesquite wood um, in your magical fires is an excellent choice. Oak trees are another super powerful, super magical tree. I don't have any oaks on my property, but I sure do wish I did. Oaks confer powers of protection, health, money, potency, um, uh, luck, um, and also willow trees are great as well. Willows are frequently used in the construction of wands, especially wands for use in moon magic. And willows are used in spells for love, love divination, healing, and protection. And that's really the name of the game with almost all of these plants, flowers, and trees. More than anything else, they are all powerful protectors. So if you've got any of these trees, showing them a little love and reverence and care and taking some time to decorate them and include them in your Beltane ritual activities is going to be very special. And all of this is cool for solitary rituals, absolutely, but it works for larger groups as well. Beltane is a celebration of community, and it is appropriate then to invite people over to celebrate with you. Make it a barbecue or a potluck, or if you don't have the space for that, meet at a park. Or if you don't want to do that, maybe just arrange with some friends to go for a nature walk or a hike and leave offerings to the Fae. And, okay, so now I wanted to talk, talk a little bit about the triple goddess significance of Beltane. <clears throat> now, we spoke about the maiden archetype of the triple goddess in the Imbolc episode. And even though it isn't technically summer until the solstice in June, I'm going to go ahead and broach the subject of the mother archetype because she is associated with Beltane and with this time of year. You know, flowers are in bloom, blossoms on the apple trees and the cherry trees are giving over to fruit. Bees are buzzing, birds are nesting. This is an abundant time of year. And that's what the mother is about. The mother goddess is a deification of motherhood. And I don't necessarily mean that in a literal sense. I'll, you know, although it certainly can be literal, but I mean it in the sense of creativity, you know, the fertility of ideas. Uh, the mother is associated with sexuality, abundance, um, nurture, protection again, stability, empowerment, goals, uh, life itself, actually. And last but not least, the, the big, big witchcraft buzzword, manifestation. Beltane, especially this Beltane, which is in alignment with the new moon and a solar eclipse, this is a prime time for lunar eclipse. I'm sorry, solar eclipse, solar eclipse. God, get, get it straight, Eli. Um, Beltane is a prime time for manifestation. And so I really hope that we've all been meditating on our desires and our goals so that we can put out some very potent and meaningful manifestations at this time. 
what is it that we want to create for ourselves using this very fertile Beltane and New Moon energy. We don't need to think small here. We can create some really big reverberations in the fabric of our own universes that are going to continue to expand and call in more abundance. So we got to use this weekend to perform some really dynamic magic. And if we aren't sure where to direct our magic, we just need to ask the mother. Grounding is an excellent exercise for this purpose at this time, incidentally. You know, when we walk barefoot on the ground or sit in nature to listen and to commune, we are healed and nourished physically, emotionally, and energetically. And grounding is a wonderful way to take an active part in the generosity of the earth. The maiden archetype is very forward-looking. You know, she's an innovator. She's always looking to the future, but the mother lives in the present. She is in the here and now. So we can look through her eyes to see where we have been and where we are headed. And the mother has the experience to adjust course if it doesn't quite seem like we're going to land where we hope to. So we would really do ourselves a favor to commune with the mother and assess our current situation and where our paths are leading and decide where to make any adjustments. And then using the power of this solar eclipse slash new moon slash Beltane slash mother energy, we can manifest the path to our very heart's desires. Now, I I do want to acknowledge that for some of us, the mother isn't an archetype that we feel an immediate connection to. And that is fair and valid. A lot of us are not at that point in our lives, in our age. A lot of us have very complicated relationships with our own mothers. Maybe some of us have been failed altogether by our mothers. And for this reason, we may not want to assign our feelings about our mothers to the mother goddess. And if this resonates with you, just understand that the mother archetype is the ideal. This is the mother that, you know, in a perfect world full of perfect people, we all should have had. And this is also the mother that we should become to ourselves. Sometimes we have to mother ourselves the way we wish we had been mothered. And this may mean that we have to forgive ourselves, that we have to be gentle with ourselves, we have to be understanding and loving, and we have to protect ourselves. Maybe this means setting boundaries and keeping them. This can also mean self-care, nurturing ourselves as we nurture others. And this, again, as with the maiden, is not set aside only for women and girls. The mother is an aspect that we all embody to varying degrees, and we can all petition the mother when we need her. When we need grace, when we need guidance, when we are overwhelmed or lonely, when we need some solid advice or some tough love, we can go to the mother. And when I say tough love, I mean stark honesty, not brutal honesty. Because, you know, we often find that when people brag that they're brutally honest, they're usually more interested in the brutality than the honesty. But stark honesty is different because... Sometimes we need someone to call us out on our bullshit, and that's where the mother comes in. If we aren't taking care of ourselves, if we aren't living up to commitments that we've made to ourselves, if we are letting our responsibilities get away from us, we can go to the mother and ask her to help us hold ourselves accountable. 
And that's really the final facet of the mother that I wanted to speak about. It's complex, it's complicated, but so are we all. And so is the triple goddess. And that really brings me to the end of my notes. Um, We will talk again next week. I wish everyone a very blessed Beltane. And if you'd like me to send, if you'd like to send me a message, I would love to hear from you. I would love to. You can DM me on Facebook or Instagram at at middleagedwitch, or you can email me anytime at eli at middleagedwitch.com. My name is Eli, and this has been the Middle Aged Witch Podcast. content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.